Hey there, fans of the Wretched Hive. Before we get to the show, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of the Audible service just by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's spelled H-I-V-E. From there, you can get over 180,000 titles to choose from that you can play on your iPhone, over Android, if you have a Kindle, one of those, or even if you're still stuck on one of them MP3 players. Maybe even a Zune if that's still out there. Are those still out there? They're probably still out there. You can play it on a Zune, I'm sure, because they took MP3s. Why not? Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Bob Iger made a huge announcement this week and it wasn't boring what yeah seriously no stop no it's legit and we're gonna tell you all about it because you have found the wretched hive podcast for friday may 17th 2019 episode 87 of the show my name is steve baldwin and almost the entire hive is with us almost it's a shocking night it's it is a shocking we have a lot of New stuff happening tonight. We're doing our first Facebook live stream, and you'll get to hear half of the show because we can't figure out the remote. Guys, <laughs> uh, Zuckerberg, uh, sorry, for, sorry, Facebook, and sorry, Facebook listeners. Hopefully, you'll listen to the show after and get the whole feed, but um, we're trying our best. We'll fix it next time, and we'll fix it in post. Uh, but we do have four-fifths of the Hive plus intern Callista with us tonight in the house. Hey, welcome. Yeah. And so uh, let's... <laughs> let's way, to, way to represent. So let's get this started. Oh, man. There's no Wookiee co-pilot. That's weird. It is weird. All right. Seriously. Let's just jump right into the lifelong Star Wars fan, Evansky. Oh, Steve. Stevie B. I got to fill in for the Wookiee co-pilot on that one. Um, <laughs> he's the only one that says Stevie B. Isn't normally. it awkward? Yeah, it's, it's, it's it feels weird, weird that he's not jumping in right there first um, time in three years i think that uh greg lent has missed an episode a full episode i'm I'm, yeah. I'm still shocked i am so happy to be here we have so much to talk about we have records that are shattering left and right with uh avengers we have game of thrones stuff we have star wars stuff because we are a star wars podcast i'm Sometimes. so excited to talk about all this stuff tonight steve yeah we got a lot we've got a lot on the slate tonight yeah. um also, definitely on the show tonight, he's the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. Hi, hello. How are you? Hey, Nico. Uh, good evening. How are you? <clears throat> I'm great. Hi, Facebook. Hi, YouTube's. Hi, live feeds. <laughs> Wait, you guys can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> he's tell he's saying hello to all the Facebook people out there. Yeah, oh, man, we gotta, we gotta f- fix this. Zuckerberg. We could pause the show, and I could try to fix it. We should. No, it's not the, wouldn't it. be the first time that we've just halted in the middle. Like we haven't had technical difficulties in the past. Uh, oh, you and know, you know, if I was over there, or if you guys had somebody who was, you know, under the age thirty around with technical <laughs> skills, oh. I might be able to help you. Uh, Callista, hello, yeah. she's Damn. sitting right to my left. There is going to be a war. Yeah. 
No, are you uh, are you switching off? <laughs> Do your job. Do your job, Calista. <laughs> Let me just cut Nico's video feed off real quick. <laughs> Uh, wow, now this is going to be interesting because we have we don't have Greg. What are we going to do? I don't know. Do you want to fill in for him? Or I don't have, do you have anything, anything prepped. prepped? I have All right, nothing. that's okay. I can whip through it. All right. And finally, we have Dave! Under no circumstances should you ever. Nanu, nanu. And I mean ever. Waka, waka, waka. Call him Harry Potter. Well, that was much more boring than normal. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was trying to come up with weird things, and I'm just like, how does Greg do it? How does he do it? Dave, how are you doing, man? There's no audio for Dave. Wow. No Dave, audio. I got nothing. There you go. That's definitely not Facebook only, Dave, guys. plug in the microphone. Dave, are you the there? Testing. There you yeah! go. There you go. There oh, we didn't is. do so. Not only Facebook could not hear him, still can't hear him. We couldn't hear him. Okay, for a second. let me just let me say this, Dave. Before you jump in, what a bunch of jackholes tonight between <laughs> us two. Uh, don't we usually do the sound check before? We he we did sound check. He yeah. sounded great. He sounds great now, okay. Dave. Right. What's going on, man? Hey, just wanted to say thanks to you, Stevie B. Stevie B. That's my Greg Lent <laughs> homage for the night. All right. Fair enough. My favorite rebel scum. Good, good afternoon. Good Thank evening. You. Good morning to you, wherever, whenever, however you are listening to us or watching. That's just super creepy, by the way. But hey, if you're into that, <laughs> who to judge? Yeah. You, Wretched Hive, come to us. We're four plus our uh, our intern extraordinaire, Callista, who does not have a microphone. That's unfortunate because she's usually the smartest one of the five of us if on the I show. If I yell, you can hear me. Yeah. There you I go. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> are we going to talk about anything Star Wars related tonight or are we going to focus entirely on Game of Thrones? I just want to be honest up front. No, no, no. We're going back to the wars tonight. We're, we are going to be a Star Wars-centric Star Wars podcast tonight. How about that? For oh. once. Oh. Sort of. Are we sure about that? Yeah, there's, no. there's a lot. Are about to do the next Star Wars trilogy. Well, we're going to cover that for sure, but Look, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it focused on Star Wars. The interwebs are exploding with Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. so we should at least touch on that. Yeah. Oh, we'll touch on it. We'll okay. touch on it for sure. Uh, and not, and, not in a creepy Cersei Jamie way. Right. That's all I'm saying. And in the meantime, if if you've ever touched on that, uh, you can give us a call on the Wretched Hive hotline and let us know how that went. That was my worst one ever. If that's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell HIVE. You're goddamn right. And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net. Check out our vastly upgraded and uh, modernized webpage. Really excited to uh, for you to see that. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. You can register for an account on our webpage. Um, you can also find us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. And we welcome, how many viewers do we have, Callista? I think maybe six. Possibly six. <laughs> what is that? Was Scott one of them? Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> Scott's one of them. it's great that you usually trash Facebook, but now that we're using Facebook Live, it's our best friend. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to switch over to, I don't no, know, No, there's still else. a lot of problems here with this audio business. But, yeah. Uh, I do there's... want to say a special shout out to Brad, who showed up on there. Thanks. Hey, Brad. Oh, hey, Brad. Uh, hey, I don't, Brad. I don't think the audio is, is Facebook's fault. I think that's the producer's fault. Uh-oh. Not producer Callista, producer Steve. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Twitter at WretchedHivePod, on Instagram at WretchedHive77, and you can email the show 
to show at wretchedhive.net. You can find our app in the Apple App Store. Search Wretched in the App Store. Uh, we are on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Throw us up a review and a couple of stars on Apple Podcasts. We really very much appreciate that. Now, we've got a few updates before we get into the news, guys. And some of us actually, like 40 and 50-year-olds, actually go to sleep like around this time. What? And, uh, yeah, it's true. Some of us do. What world are we living Nod in? Nod and podcast people do. Oh. And so I, we've gotten a couple of requests for something that I put online, and I'm going to move it up in the order here today So, because people want to see. So our fans demand it. That, that's all I'm going to say. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're we're here for the fans. All five of them. Yes, all five that are staying up late with us tonight. So, but here's the backstory. I found out about two months ago that there's a woman I work with that who well whose husband works for Lucasfilm has worked for Lucasfilm for many years, and. Out of the blue one day, she said, hey, I we have a poster laying around. Uh, it's from one of the movies. Do you Would you like to have it? Yes. Yeah. And of course, I'm like, yeah, yes, please. Anything you have, I would love. And she's just a super so, nice lady. I, I have to interrupt the story. I need to ask a clarifying question because you know that's what I do. Yes. When she said it's from one of the movies lying around. Yes. Did she expound on that in any way? Because it just occurs to me that she could have meant one of the – many movies Lucasfilm has worked on or one of the Star Wars movies. It could have been Red Tails. It could have been Howard the Duck. could have been anything. Initially, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, it's I a fair question. Coming, so I just wanted to hone in on that. No, no, it's a fair question. Fair question. So a little bit later, she told me what the poster was, what the character on the poster was. And I got really excited because it's pretty unique. A few weeks go by and you're going to say you had a thing for an animate ducks, but okay. <laughs> a few weeks go by and I go to a meeting and I walk in and she hands me this rolled up poster. Oh. And I put a, I put a picture of this poster on our Facebook thread. And I don't know if on Facebook, if you can see that Facebook people, that's the first thing I saw. It says, is it, is it right there? Copyright Lucasfilm 1985. So, okay. I decided not to open up. So I have not opened this up yet. So I know the character Lies. that's here. No, I haven't. I, I Well, I just got it a few days ago. So I'm going to do it live would, would, on would the Bob, show. Would Bob Mueller back this up? Would Bob Mueller's <laughs> conclusions be that you have not unrolled this and looked at it already? No collusion. <laughs> uh, so, so what we're about to do together on this show, we are going to unveil... The free poster that Steve got from his very kind colleague, and I didn't ask if I could say her name, so I'm not going to say her name. Uh, but I'm going to unreal. I'm going to unveil it now. So uh, here we go. Before, I, I need to. Do, I have yes. a laugh if this is simple. <laughs> Dude, Mark is like chomping at the I know. To Mark, see this thing. Mark oh my needs God. to go to sleep. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, man. Nico. I have one question for you. One question. Yes. Did it come from Lucasfilm? Oh, I'm not ready with the soundbite. Damn it. Uh, hang on, I got it. Uh, here we go. Did it come from Lucasfilm? There it is. All right, so I have to move my mic out of the way to unroll this for the camera. Oh, man. So I'm gonna, just right. going to move it out of the way. All right, so just talk really loud. All right, here we go. This is, okay, this is the top. Oh! 
Oh, damn. Oh, Look at really? That. Snaggletooth. What? Yeah. I've never seen that. That yeah. is awesome. So this looks to be... There's no they print. made a Snaggletooth poster? Well, there's no printing on it. Okay, but it says Lucasfilm on the stamp oh, yeah, on the no, back. It's, Luca, it's stamped Lucasfilm with okay. like a rubber stamp. Hang on. I'm and... grabbing a shot of that with you holding it right there. All right. You're good. Uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is harder than it looks. Okay. All right. All right. Close to, but yeah, pull that. Oh, yeah, there you go. Closer. Right there. There you go. It's a splitting image. Look at that. It is. Wow. Wow. So that's that's great. There's no printing. It doesn't say Star Wars anywhere on the poster. It doesn't say the character's name. Um, but it's 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 Snaggletooth. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. That is going to go in a place of honor in the palatial Wretched Hive Studios. Translation. My garage. Your, your garage, yeah. <laughs> okay, so there is a there is a discrepancy here because there's actually two Snaggletooth characters. Okay. Uh, if Greg was on the show tonight, he would talk about this. There was a pre-release in 1978 from Sears or JCPenney that came with one of the play sets, and he was tall with a blue and silver outfit. That's the red short character. That character <laughs> actually comes from the holiday special edition. This one does? Yes. So that character is actually called, I'm going to give you his name oh, here. Oh, that's awesome. I believe it's called Zutton, Z-U-T-T-O-N. So um, I will Zutton. double, I'll, I'll double is, check that. Okay. Is that be, the little creature that's like running up to the bar to grab a drink when they all walk into the cantina for the first time? Or when Luke and Obi-Wan walk into the cantina? Yes, but the outfit is different. And the one that's in Steve's poster is actually named something different. He is from the Holiday Special. Sorry, huh. I said Special Edition, Holiday Special. So it's the same cre it's the same like race of creature, but it's a different the different size. Uh yeah, it definitely hmm. looks like the same race. Z that long Z sort of snout. Zutmore. Zutmore is what his name is. Zutmore? That character right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's got the red collar. Yep. In fact, there is. I'm going to bring up. I'll have. We have. We got to get pictures up on our webpage. That almost looks like from the same. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely the same jacket. But he's definitely got or, a different pose. That's a clear shot. Is that a jacket or a onesie he's got on? I would call it a space onesie. It's like a snowsuit. Yeah, <laughs> to flight dude, suit. Dude, yeah. snowboarding back in 1977, but in uh, the cantina. That is crazy. So this is yeah. this is stamped. The stamp says. Um, copyright 1985 Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Huh. How cool is that? Yeah, so that character actually makes an appearance with, uh, what's her name, in the cantina sequence in the holiday special. Wow. Uh, B. Arthur. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is amazing. I have never seen that. I never have either. Yeah. That's a great, that's a, what a nice gift. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank wow. you. Now it is part of the Wretched Hive podcast. Which really doesn't belong to any of us. It's 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 really belongs to the fans. All right. Let's face it. So all of you listening own a little teeny bit of that poster. All right. All right. I'm good. Especially the four of you watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you get an extra square inch. Should we cut it into quarters and send 
a quarter of it to each person listening right now? Oh, don't get all crazy. All right. Don't get crazy. Let's frame that thing. That, and put that it wouldn't up be here. very smart. That's your backdrop. Uh, one other quick announcement before we get into the news. <laughs> um, we are getting a bunch of new listeners. Uh, every it seems like every every month we're adding new listeners. Can you and... guys log on to the live account? It'd be really nice right now. And just watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe next time we'll announce that we're going to do this and we'll get some additional listeners um, viewing. Uh, but we have a lot of overseas listeners, so we picked up listeners from France. Nice, bienvenue, Ooh. welcome. Wow. Those from France. Look at you practicing. Uh, uh, Australia. <laughs> Can you say it? Good day. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Crocodile <laughs> Dundee. Uh, from the Philippines. Wow. Salamat. Didn't know that That's, one. That is welcome in uh, <laughs> Tagalog. And of course, many new listeners from the UK. Very nice. And the way they say welcome in the UK is, piss off, you bloody wanker! Yes. There you go. We love you guys yep. in the UK. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in, guys. Love having you listen to the show from all around the club. Hey, can we just do a show live in a pub in London sometime? Oh, It'd my God. Are you fantastic. kidding me? Oh, I'm there. I am there. All right. For sure. Yeah, because our production budget clearly covers getting <laughs> all of us to London. Bob you know, Iger will cover it. I'm still waiting for my first paycheck. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's in the mail. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll 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 get it eventually, probably, <laughs> maybe. Doubtful. <laughs> All right, let's get into this, guys. We've got some news to cover. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the wretched hive. So be it. Well, guys, big announcement out of Disney this week actually just a couple days ago Disney chairman Bob Iger Bob Iger made some pretty <laughs> made some uh, some big announcements about the future you guys are better than me you're certainly faster than I am um, I, I gotta set you up to do this too so you can get the Bob Iger yeah. Disney chairman Bob Iger Bob Iger there it is uh, made a huge announcement Recently at a conference, he was doing a Q&A and he talked about the future of Star Wars after episode nine. So I've got a, I've got a sound clip here. It's about a minute and a half long. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. So let's we're going to start with this Bob Iger on the future of Star Wars beyond episode nine. When we finished nine, right, so we will have done seven, eight and nine. And then we did Solo and we did Rogue One. So we've done that nine will be the fifth Star Wars movie produced and released since we bought Lucasfilm in 2012. Um, it's our feeling that we've done a good job with those, um, and we've, 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 I haven't seen Nine finished yet, but I'm confident based on the pieces that I've seen and the script that I read that it's going to be extremely popular, that it would be smart for us to take a bit of a hiatus while we figure out what's next. Now, we're not going to wait until 9 is released and then start figuring out. We're actually hard at work doing that already. And the conclusion that we reached is that uh, three years was a, 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 the proper amount of time to not only take a breather and reset, but to really gear up for the next film's release. All right, so that's that's part one. Oh, sorry. sorry. I'm so Back sorry. Back to the show, guys. Whoa, my so, God. Part one, we're going to have a three-year break. For Star Wars films after Episode Nine, okay. 
So we've got, what, it's May, we've got seven months until episode nine hits, and then we're going to have a three-year break. It's okay, we're not going to have a real break. Right. We, well, have a, we have a channel coming out. He gets into that a little bit here. And, and, before you press play on Bob Iger there, yeah. why of all nights is Greg not on the show tonight? I have some <laughs> news to break to him, which would put him in a coma. <laughs> all right, here we go. More Bob. And we did a deal with um, David Benioff and, and D.B. Weiss, Dan Weiss, uh, who are famous for Game of Thrones. And the next movie that we release will be theirs. All right. So that's the second part of the news is the next movie after episode nine. <laughs> not a standalone film, not a Star Wars story. It's the first story from Weiss and Benioff, who are the showrunners very successful showrunners until Not looking good for me right until now. recently <laughs> until recently maybe we're going to talk about the for game of thrones okay all right so they let's put together get together seven solid seasons of that show uh damn straight no, no no four solid seasons oh geez are you no, i didn't what? say great i said solid okay scott okay all right Fair lots enough. of b pluses we in could there, talk scott. we could talk about that all right here we go more bob and we're not saying anything more about that okay in the interim we are producing two live-action Star Wars series for Disney+. Plus. One of them is called The Mandalorian, which is being supervised by Jon Favreau, and the other one is a bit of a prequel to Rogue One. Okay, so that's nothing new. We knew about The Mandalorian. We knew about the prequel to Rogue One. But there's a little bit of new news here. So listen up. And my guess is there probably will be one more, at least one more live action series that we produce for Disney Plus, meaning a Star Wars series, before we release the next film. Now, that I don't think we've heard yet. No. So there's going to be a third live action Star Wars television series on Disney Plus exclusively in between Episode Nine and the Benahoff. Weiss Does it trilogy. feature Captain America and Captain <laughs> Marvel? That's the wrong, <laughs> oh, wrong galaxy. Yep. All right. A little bit more from Bob here. So we're not necessarily doing. We're not doing nothing. Right. I, I believe that these films will be. These sorry. These uh, TV series will be extremely popular for Star Wars fans <laughs> and very very valuable for Disney Plus while we gear up for the next set of films. So that's Star Wars. All right. So. So that's that's some news there. So we've got D.B. Weiss and David Benahoff. Their trilogy is in production now. And we're all worried, but it's cool. And we're all worried. So let's talk a little bit about why we're worried. I know we're huge Game of Thrones fans on the show. And this last five weeks, we've gotten up to... We've seen the penultimate episode now of the entire series of Game of Thrones. And... Dave and Nico, I know you have opinions about this. I, I'd like to start with Nico on this. Um, Nico, what what's your take on Benahoff and Weiss, and why are they taking so much heat now, and why are Star Wars fans worried about it? Uh, they're taking a lot of heat now because they're producing a show that's had such a great following and huge success due to its fantastic writing, action sequences, and tits. Um, that's now in a season that's it feels like the original writer didn't write the story 
Well, that's because the original writer did not write the story. Yeah. Why? Hmm. Hmm. Dave, are we yeah. going? To, are we going to get a George R. R. Martin novel um, at the uh, after the series is done? What's the story there? So I think that these guys are taking heat because, to Nico's point, they're they're producing something that's subpar. The show through seasons one through six, where they were predominantly working from George R. R. Martin's source material or very fleshed out outline pieces of information that haven't been written yet in a book. Those were all masterfully done. That was all A, A-plus story material and presentation. Seven Season seven and eight, for the most part, it's more of like a B, B-plus story level because they're just working from outlines. And while that would normally be a pretty good TV show, we're comparing it against the rest of the run of the show, so it just seems really crummy by comparison. And the writing is they're just kind of checking off boxes because they know like, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and they're just jamming the chess pieces over there instead of going through this whole complex dance and set off. The only thing that I can say has really felt great to me in seasons seven and eight in in terms of feeling like something from the original couple series seasons of the show was the death of Littlefinger. That was a Mm. twist that was 100% set up and earned and a lot of these other things they just feel like they're they're happening they're checking boxes because they know that's where it's going to wind up and they only have this season to do it in now that said uh, last week's episode season five was an absolute technical and visual masterpiece you could teach a master class on some of the stuff that they did in that show but probably not on the script writing you now, say probably loosely right there. Let's down? just say no. I'm, no, I'm I'm jumping in on that. You can t- eliminate probably. It was utter you're, you're, you're crap. Not, you're not jumping in because the audio is hashed. Oh, it was it was a massacre of a script writing course. That's what it was. It hurt painfully. Hurt an hour and a half of that. I had to watch that. Nothing, nothing that we've known over eleven years paid off in any way. Seriously, I almost threw the remote of my television through the actual television. You don't think that the the fight between the hound and the mountain the mountain was a, a payoff? Okay, one thing, but the build up to that, yeah. the build up to that was a letdown like nothing. The Arya and Hound moment? Mm. Stop it. That is that is a joke. Thank get, you. Get him on the show. Get both of them on the show, and I will tell them right to their face. I don't care how many millions of dollars, how many 11 years worth of Game of Thrones. You don't write shit like that. That's horrible. To It's not even fan service. You destroyed the concept of the books and the characters. All right. Well, uh, you obviously have strong so, opinions, but no, Dave, Dave fin- finish your, finish your thought, Dave, me. and then I want to go back to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let, let, me, let me finish the question you actually asked me. Which was why are they? Why are Star Wars fans so worried about this? It's because some people listen to me on the show. The show, the show, Game of Thrones was crafted as an adaptation of somebody else's material, and they were doing a tremendously amazing and competent job at taking someone else's material, boiling it down to you know a ten-hour season of a TV show, and still retaining a lot of the complexity and the layers and the trueness of what. George was George Martin was crafting in his books. Hmm. Now they're going off to Star Wars and they're just doing something on their own from scratch, which is basically what season eight is. Season eight is like the biggest budget fan fiction thing you will ever see in your life. 
next to the and 50 grades. That's what they're going to be doing for the next Star Wars trilogy, and that's why people are freaking out a little. Now, I will say, Scott, you can't. You, Steve's right. You can't say that nothing was set up in that episode. Danny becoming the Mad Queen has absolutely been being set up and foreshadowed almost since season two. The Slow fact down. that they they did that transition so quickly, though. Yes. That's where I take issue yeah. with it. You yeah. can't just say that yeah. it came out of nowhere because it, it all the clues are there. They just they turned it on a dime and a heel, and it didn't feel it didn't feel earned, even though everything was there for it to happen. Subtlety over five seasons doesn't amount to shit. When you have somebody just sit there and look at a giant tower and go, "It's time to massacre everybody." By the way, did we mention spoilers are going to be on this show? Yeah. Oh, massive yeah. spoilers. Uh. But- I, I will say my one of my favorite things coming out of that episode was a meme I saw on the internet of Jon Snow's face right after Danny goes mad <laughs> yeah. queen and starts torching King's Landing, and the caption read, "The moment Jon Snow realizes he really does know nothing." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott. I've got I've got a little a mini Star Wars choices for you. Okay. Let's I'm do not going to do the theme. I'm just going to do a quick one right here. Okay. Which is more like fan fiction? Game of Thrones episode eight, uh, season eight, or the Last Jedi. Oh, you son of a bitch! You had to go down there, man. Right now, that's a t- that is the toughest choices I've mm. ever had. Stop mm. giving me choices. All right, just had to hear a little bit of it. A little bit. Okay, Scott, which one is it? I'm gonna say at least with the Last Jedi. There were things that I enjoyed thoroughly. Mm. This hurt like wow. more than anything that I've watched and built and loved over the last how many years have we been watching this thing? A long time. It's painful. All right, let me let me just throw yeah. out a contrarian position here okay. for you. Sure. Have you react? Um <laughs> That's okay. Uh Okay, one of the criticisms I've heard yeah. is from and from the actors is that where's the character development? It's just checking boxes to close the loop, kill off a bunch of people, and the character development has gone out the window. It really has. My pushback on that is we spent seven seasons developing these characters. You know who they are. Yeah. And so why do you need more of that? It's it's not needing more of that it's needing completion of character arcs you're talking about stuff that they literally just threw out the window seriously jamie and cersei that moment was one of the worst moments i've seen in television history it was horrible you mean they're the they're, they're oh, the spoiler final, alert. yeah the final the, sequences the of this you <laughs> know what spoiler I, almost I everybody have, dies jump in with a technical note here i'm sorry all right i, I get i'm getting some focus group feedback that folks online can only hear Steve and Scott, that they cannot hear either Nico or myself, which means they're missing the best part of the podcast. <laughs> nah, you know nah. what I say to that, Dave? You know what I say to that? Yeah. Fuck them. I was going to say cheers, buddy, but okay. Oh, by the way, we just fixed the audio problem so they could hear that. Wow. Nico <laughs> no, just told all of our so, audiences. Yeah, we knew we knew that, Dave, and it's a technical difficulty we we may not be able to overcome. Unless we pause the show, I have what could be a solution. Let's do it. We can we can try it. Okay. Do we want to do this? We're not actually going to pause anything. We're going to keep streaming. We're going to keep rolling. Okay. Because I want to lie. I, I may need to sync up the audio later, but we can try 
an audio out from here to there and see if that solves it. Okay, all three of our Are you viewers saying, no, no, right no, now. That goes there. This goes here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, all right, let's just take a little break. Yeah. Step away from the microphones and see if I can work some magic here and fix this. I just need. To Meanwhile, calm down. you calm the hell down. I need to calm down. <laughs> all right, let's do this. You see, my friends here are a perfect example of the combined talents of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Ridiculous. We are influencing James Cameron. We are. I think we are. Eat a you-know-what, blue cats. Jesus, I would happily watch The Clone Wars on a repeating loop than have to watch True Detective Season 1 again. Festering pile of nonsense. I don't know how inebriated on a scale of 1 to however much these guys are I am tonight, but I'm getting there. Glenn Fry was the most egotistical jerk out of all of them. What an asshole. There's a good possibility what? that Nico is twerking a moonfish. There's a problem with our country, okay? And it's Chewbacca Mom. That's the problem. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Can we just get back to the show, please? This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the Wretched Hive Podcast. All right, uh, Facebook people, here's the deal. We suck. Uh, we can't figure it out. No, 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 no. Oh, you suck too, Nico? Yeah, I know. No, so sorry. you suck. Don't speak for Nico and me. Don't oh. <laughs> speak for Dave and I. This is not our audio difficulty. <laughs> Wait, is it really Greg is the missing? Oh, it's here? Greg's fault. Yes. Thank you for reminding oh, me. Yes. Greg forgot to do something and we can't get it to work now. So, oh, well, hey. that's a shame. You know what? Having Nick? a millennial co-pilot's not the same as a Wookiee co-pilot, is it, Steve? No, it's really not. Nick no. says, we can hear them a little bit. Deanna says, did he brush his hair? Yes, I did, Deanna. Thank you. <laughs> I am wearing a hat. She's talking about you? That's yes, awesome. because they were ripping on me the whole time. You were doing technical difficulties. That's all they did. It's like having oh. a Costello. Not the whole time. Does, does a millennial know what that means? That we were ripping on you. The right. Generation Z does, but not the damn millennial on well, their show. Whatever. Alright. Defend so yourself. So what comes after Z? We had X, Y's, millennials, Oh my god, we're back up Z's. to five. We need to like step up our game, guys. Alright, so really quick, um, get some feedback from the Facebook uh, team there. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Are we getting, are you getting any audio? <laughs> this is just embarrassing how yeah, we're having Deanna, to do this. I feel and Brad like, both said that like... they can hear something. Okay. Uh, Deanna said the lack of Jameson, something or other, <laughs> something about brushing your like hair. Did he brush his hair? Mm. <laughs> I want to say like thank you, everyone. Us. I feel uh, like does somebody us know? Hey, I want to say hi to mics. Nick Devalis. Uh, Is that uh, how you pronounce it? Nick, Nick Devalis. Yes, okay. oh, longtime friend, Nick Devalis. Nick. Yes. Welcome. Um, you came in right during the most yeah. interesting part of the show. What? Oh, I can see Scott. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So Facebook people, our apologies. This is our first try at this. And, uh, we've been doing audio podcasts for three years successfully and video podcasts. Um, we need some work. Yeah, whatever. It's yeah. the first time. That's okay. We're out the gate. Let's All do right. it. All right. Uh, well, Callista's got us covered with half of one ear, earbud, uh, pressed up against the mic. So it'll, it'll do. Brad says, Hey, Abbott. <laughs> And Thanks, Tom Brad. Quast, oh my God, Tom Quast is on. I want to say a super shout out to Tom. That's uh, an old high school friend of mine. Nice. Wow. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yeah. All right. 
Let's do um, this. Let's do it. Let's so get back into this. We, we sort of diverted from Game of Thrones um, a little bit. Do we have more to say about this? Uh, do you guys feel like we covered this to the extent that you want uh, to? I don't. I could talk like for two days about this. Okay, because and, I mean, but, but I'm, I'm going to just summarize like three yeah, hours. Go last show. Yeah, we we used the entire show last week to okay. talk Game of Thrones. No, we uh, didn't. We talked about Avengers Endgame. Avengers. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. my bad. Oh, oh my I mean, um, we use well, we used a little bit of. Like, I don't know if it's not Star Wars. It's just all other stuff. It's whatever. All other stuff, you know, right? yeah. for me, it just all blends together. Avatar, all the- My Little Pony, yeah, no, <laughs> Avengers no. Endgame. It's all no. the same to me. My Little Pony. <laughs> I have a little bit of pride. That's not happening. Although I will say, Avengers Endgame is falling off the pace, and I don't know that it's going to catch Star Wars Force Awakens for the domestic box office total. Where are we with uh, Endgame currently? God, with, eight, uh, is with it, domestic. Is it 800 yet? Domest- it is not yet at 800. It is not yet past Avatar, but hmm. barring an unforeseen situation, it should pass Avatar for the number two spot this weekend. So uh, just uh, calling up the old uh, latest to uh, record time here stats uh, through Tuesday, which is the latest box office I have available. It's made two seven hundred and thirty four million dollars domestically here in the U.S. So about 30 about million behind 26 million oh, behind yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Avatar mm-hmm. Uh, globally. It's made two point five billion with a B dollars billion which is, which is about 300 million wow. off the pace of the record set by uh, by Avatar God wow it's like 2.8 billion dollars and it did that it. in like 47 days 50 days something like that mm-hmm. how, how far into it are we two we full? are 19 days in three so weeks three yeah percent. yeah just I- for comparison uh, like I said Avengers Endgame at uh, 734 million uh, Force Awakens at 19 days in was at 758 million. The difference, of course, being the time of year. Force Awakens was put out right before the Christmas holiday. Had that two years of Christmas and New Year's where nobody is going to work and people are just going to see the movie over and over again. At the moment, I think it's going to end up over 800 million, but I don't see how it's going to it's going to eclipse the Force Awakens. I mean, it needs another 200 plus million dollars to do that, and I just don't see it keeping the pace up with everything else that's coming out over the next couple of weeks and months. So, so Bob Iger in his comments, Bob Iger, um, at the conference uh, that I mentioned earlier, one of the things that stuck with me, he said that they had 19 Avengers. No, 19 Marvel films, I think, since they bought the franchise. Okay. And each one has averaged global, averaged over a billion for the 19 movies. Average. That's straight from Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Yeah. Bob Iger. Yeah. Okay, I see what he's doing there. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. All right. Uh, Guys, we're going to move on, and I'm really excited about this next segment. All right. Along with the video feed, multiple camera angles, (laughs) we're about to embark on a new adventure, guys. This is going to be a new regular, regular segment. We're about to, uh, we're about to enter the Nico zone. Uh Uh-oh. Submitted for your approval, approval, approval. a lone millennial on a Star Wars podcast packed with the opinions of old old men. They believe, as old men often do, that their knowledge is fact, 
and that the facts are on their side. They don't know. They but don't what know. they don't know is they're about to climb aboard a Carillion cruiser, and the captain is heading straight to the center of the Nico Zone. The Nico Zone. The Nico Zone. Welcome on and all to tonight's edition of the Nico Zone. I'd like to offer you, if you will, a proposition, a question, some insight into the mind of a millennial, Ooh. and an answer if you have an open mind to hear it. Mm. Tonight I ask you, why is the phrase, did it come from Lucasfilm? Did it come from Lucasfilm? Relevant and critical. Did it come from society. Lucasfilm? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't have enough alcohol for this shit. Steve, Steve what, what, did you, what, what, did you, what did you do to us, man? Did it come from Lucasfilm? Oh, this is fantastic. You, you're doing great, Nico. No, Keep going. Thanks, Thanks, man. Keep yeah. going. You are. Oh, also, by the way, none of it was scripted. Um, I, I have some, like, bullet points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. I'm not going to survive this. I swear to God, if viewership rises up to 10, I'm going to freak out right now. All right. Okay, keep keep going, Nico. You guys have given me a lot of shit about making fun of this. Did it come from Lucasfilm? Hmm. Did it come from Lucasfilm? But if you broaden the did it come from Lucasfilm question to a is it from a reliable source, I think that it becomes a very relevant question. Because in today's society... With, obviously, the internet being the majority source of today's news, it is far too easy to be duped into believing fake news. We have too many articles sourcing other articles as their uh, their sites for news sources, but how are you going to cite another news site that sources another news site that's sourcing another website? with no original source anywhere to be seen. We're getting studios that are leaking misinformation to cover tracks behind real information. And, uh, God damn, the internet is just full of assholes. <laughs> so I think looking at any clickbait title, any video that you're going to see on YouTube, any news article that you're going to see on your favorite you know, web news source... Take everything that you're reading about your favorite fandom, your favorite TV show, be it Game of Thrones, you know, any movie series that you're caring about, Marvel, Star Wars, definitely take it with a grain of salt and ask yourself, did it come from Lucasfilm? Because there's a lot of assholes on the internet that just want to see the world burn. And really, when you're reading these articles, ask yourself this. Does it really matter what's being said in this article? Because you're going to see the truth when you go to the theaters. Love it. Well done, sir. I'm sorry, I didn't catch all that. I was reading a list on BuzzFeed. What was what we were talking about? Game of Thrones season eight sucks outside of awesome fight scenes. MCU is better than Star Wars. Fight me. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, it's been yeah. suggested by a regular listener of the show that we do a uh, uh, what is the best property 
period. Like a like a high five on that. Yeah, and the Marvel uh, he, Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and he, he asked me, would Star Wars win? And I said, I didn't think so. I don't think so either. Marvel Cinematic. But then it's sort and that's but that that's a great this podcast has covered a kind of inflection point i think on geekdom and pop mm. culture in general because i think when we started this podcast it was it was before the marvel cinematic universe had truly ascended to the level that it is now that's true star star wars was still kind of regarded as the holy grail property and since the force awakens came out in 2015 Marvel's films, starting with, I would argue, uh, Civil War, have just kicked it up into this extraordinarily consistent, high-level, interconnected, multiple characters, all of this stuff. It's all come together for them. And we've been here as Star Wars has kind of peaked and descended a little, but Marvel has just shot up completely past it. And then you have a lot of these other properties that are just bouncing around below it. DC has just plummeted, of course, because they're DC and they can't do anything right. Star Trek is on a bit of a decline. It, it This podcast really has covered a really interesting, to me, kind of just inflection point and turning point. And when you throw in things like how streaming is destroying the cable and broadcast television model for storytelling and distributing films that way. It, it's been a really interesting time. And I'm not saying that our mm. podcast is going to be studied 30 years from now so that people can see this, but we're talking about these things as a very big seismic shift is going on in pop culture land under us. And that concludes the Dave Potter Zone. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- those are some great points. I mean, when we started the show, we rarely talked about marvel stuff and it's not like we were less fans than we are now it's just it just didn't get to the size and scope that it's achieved in the last in the last three years and and uh things have shifted although i will say you know like when every now and then local rock stations will have like the battle of the bands what's the greatest rock band ever and here in la klos 95.5 on your fm dial uh, would always hold like the the greatest rock band of all time, and for years it was it would be Led Zeppelin or yeah yeah you know Beatles the Beatles those two for sure Rolling Stones and then when yeah. when Rush would come into town, and they had the same contest Rush would win because fans were excited about it. So if we all love Episode Nine, Nine Nine, I'd love to see if we have the same opinion. If the opinion holds. Uh, the next time we have a great Star Wars movie, which I hope will be in December. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that that concept. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I, I got a million things to talk about, but we, we have more stuff to talk about, so <laughs> let's just move on from that. That's good. That's good. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've got a couple of additional stories. I'm going to jump around a little bit on the show notes because I know I know I don't want to throw anybody off because I know you guys study the show notes. We do. Um you know we do. Greg's not here, so we can all honestly once a year. Are they, now. You take a look. Are and... they? Are they bullet points? <laughs> <laughs> They're not bullet points, man. Um, talking about episode nine, John Williams is scoring episode nine, and he had some nice things to say um, about what he's seen from episode nine. Um, he said, although John Williams, he's such a humble unassuming man he he says in this article and by the way this is uh 
AV Club. This is news.avclub.com. John Williams has nice things to say about his final Star Wars movie. He says he doesn't think his work on Star Wars is very memorable. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're John Williams, I, I get, you know, is is it? That's almost too much humility. I mean, come yeah. on, man. You, you 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 change the genre forever with your score of the uh, the first two films. Um, uh, but he says, speaking with the the Times, Williams said he's already seen an early cut of the final film in the main Star Wars story, and he likes it very much. He also noted that he beams when he talks about it, and uh, he's finished about 25 minutes of score after about a month of working on the score. So he's well on his way to... And John Williams, I, I think we've talked about this in the past, he will score every second of the film, and then the director is allowed to you know remove the music as he sees fit and he rearranges right his his whole arrangement scheme they'll cut out segments but it seems like from what i've seen in some of the documentaries and interviews with him yeah. he actually will kind of re-edit his own work to fit the director's vision usually yeah. it was george but right <clears throat> yeah i love those those the images of him with the london symphony orchestra oh, they've yeah. got the movie up on the screen and he's conducting the the orchestra as yeah. the film plays yeah so we can get the timing just right i love that and it's one of the reasons why we got those definitive uh like double disc double cd sets for a while and i think they're now available on vinyl and such you yeah. can order all that stuff he does just amazing work so yeah i'm i appreciate him being humble and all that it might be a little bit too much for this because it's star <laughs> wars i mean seriously yeah uh, more Disney news really quick. Going back to Disney. Disney took over Hulu. Disney now owns, See? essentially owns Hulu. Okay. Are you, are you I, going I, to? I, ish. Ish. So HollywoodReporter.com ish. before you, before you lose it, uh, Scott. No, I'm Disney not. to assume full, full operational control. It's fully operational. I know, right? Uh, of Hulu. Comcast NBC Universal is staying invested in the streaming service, but can require Disney to buy at stake. In 2024, um, no, it's already. I think it's pretty much a done deal. They're taking over, and they're allowing people to produce more content or move on to their own streaming service uh, options, right? Their own. So this yeah. let's. So Hollywood reporters, well, they're reporting, Dave, that the majority owner of Hulu said Tuesday morning that it has entered into an agreement with Comcast. That will allow it to be the controlling shareholder of the streaming service. As part of the agreement, Comcast can require Disney to buy NBC Universal's interest in Hulu as early as January 2024. So there's there's several parties involved here, Dave. Can you untangle this for us? I think so. So Hulu's always been kind of owned by multiple parties. It was originally a home for the networks to start streaming all of their stuff on a unified platform within a couple of days of airing on the traditional network model. With all of the acquisitions that have happened for Disney through ABC and, and Fox and all of those things, Disney now currently owns 70% of Hulu and Comcast own NBC Comcast owns the remaining 30%. However, however, because Comcast slash NBC was one of the original founding partners of Hulu, they retain certain rights and controls even as a minority owner 
that allow them to block decisions made by Disney as the majority owner. So what this deal does is gives Disney full operational control. They still own the 30% stake. They still have a requirement to put their product on there up to a certain point in time, at which point they're allowed to start pulling their product and putting it on NBC's own streaming platform. And key to NBC Universal, they locked in a price today above what Hulu's that 30% stake in Hulu is worth today that Disney has to pay to buy them out. And Comcast can compel them to exercise that option at a date certain. So it's a pretty good deal, I think, for all parties. Everybody gave up a little something. Everybody got a little something. Okay. And considering how ticked off Disney and Comcast relationship was after the Fox bidding war, I'm actually surprised that they were able to work this out. But I will say I am disappointed that the rights to the Hulk were not thrown into this. <laughs> Well, Dave's got a lot more information about this on there, but I, I read a couple things on this. I actually wanted to have this conversation with Dave tonight. Um, so one of the things, and this is what really bums me out, that Greg is not on the show tonight. There was an option in one of the articles that I read that they will be offering a discounted package price for Disney Plus through this Hulu Disney type thing and I was going to make a big point. So sort of a two for one situation? Yeah, so yeah. guess who might be getting Disney Plus? Oh, damn. Really? And I was full on set. So are not... you a Hulu subscriber? I am. I've had okay. Hulu since day one or day 17, whenever oh, So it if up. it's thrown in as a package deal, yeah. you'd go in. Disney Plus is what, like $2 or something ridiculous? $6.99. $6.99. It's so cheap. So if you throw it in and it's an extra 3 bucks on my Hulu package, hmm. I mean, I already get the live stuff and all the sports packages through it. So okay. hell yeah. All right. I don't have to support Disney directly, but I am now. So whatever. Let's just do it. <laughs> I Cheers. wasn't going to su subscribe, but a bing, but a boom, all I've, I have it. It's a little handshaking <laughs> deal behind the business, me and Disney, me and Bob Iger. Oh, oh sorry. I'm, uh, it's wait, got too wait, much going Scott, on. You're willingly giving Disney money hmm. every month? Have you been to my house? Have you seen my DVD and Blu-ray collection and now 4K collection? Oh, my I, God. I know, but I also listen to you on this show every two weeks, so yeah, you'll forgive me. No, you know, I can never forgive you, Dave. Mm. It's because I care. So you're acquiescing to the man is what you're saying. You're giving in. You're giving in to, to the pressure. You know, I actually read these articles and get really involved in it. And I'm, I'm just like Dave. I love to hear his points on this stuff. But when that, that came up, I'm like, wow, they're going to offer me a special deal to throw in for an extra buck or two or mm. maybe $3. I might do that. So I don't have to sit at, uh, so, at all your houses all the time okay. watching The Mandalorian. Well, that's a good thing. I know I, you're all sad. Really, no, oh, man, I damn. I really hope that buried on page 72 of the 150 mm. Terms of Service pages for being a subscriber for Disney+, Plus, when you check the box, you're admitting that The Last Jedi was a great movie. <laughs> uh, then I'm out. <laughs> Looks like I'm not getting the package deal. Because that would be well played. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. All right, along the same lines <laughs> here with uh, Disney and controversy, James Gunn Ugh. opened up about his firing and his situation with, with Disney. And this is, uh, this is Deadline.com who got the exclusive interview with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn. Breaks, breaks his silence on high-profile Disney firing and what he learned... From the career crisis that followed, 
this was a great article and it made me love and appreciate this man even more. He basically saying, look, I was not, I, I blew it. Yeah. I made mistakes. And the last paragraph in these, in this article is all you really need to read to, to really go to the core of this man's character. He says, this is quote, there's a lot of really positive stuff that's coming out of all of this. And one of those positives is I was able to learn. People have the ability to learn from mistakes. If we take away the possibility for someone to learn and become a better person, I'm not sure what we're left with. I've learned all kinds of things about myself through this process. And when I read that, it reminded me of the conversation, Dave, that we had when James Gunn was fired and then potentially or we were debating whether he should be rehired. And, and I think you took the position early on of like, he made a mistake. He'll learn from it. Let him back in. And I, 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 I thought that was great that he came out and had the opportunity to share that with the public through Deadline. I, I, I am too. I don't remember if I was the first person to say it or not, but I know all, three of the five Hivians are parents, and you can't tell me you don't want your child to learn from their mistakes. Like that's, That is just what we should be as a society, as a species. You make a mistake – you learn from it and you grow and that needs to always be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, I think my only, uh, you know, just back and forth on this is the fact that he did that a long time ago. So I'm um, his learning moment. It was 10 years and he was an adult. I mean, let's, you know. but he learned from it back then. So his, his interview that's happening now is in retrospect to the actual learning moment he's talking about. I think it's more of a Disney learning moment here. I think it's a bigger a bigger thing for Disney to step up and make these changes, which they're doing or understanding what they did. Um, we already know. We know what he went through. We know he was sorry for it. He talked about it before. So to him, doing this right now is more a little bit, uh, you know, about the moment of him and Disney, not him saying, well, I really learned something. Yeah, we know that, James. You talked about it 10 years ago when all this happened. Right. And, and, so. and, and, to, your, and to your point, Scott, I do think Disney learned from this. They, I recall seeing an interview with Alan Horn where he basically said that how James Gunn conducted himself through the whole process and after the whole process was a big part of Horn's decision to let Gunn be rehired to do Guardians Volume 3. Yeah, I, that, I, and, I agree with you. Gunn handled himself with more class and dignity than I certainly would have been able to in his situation. Because yeah, I would, I would have just taken a flamethrower to the place. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, great quote, by the way, or, or a callback to that. But yeah, it's it's true. Disney did learn from that, and it was really neat to see how James handled that whole situation. Um, I really liked how everything turned out on this. I mean, just to see something good kind of, ha- you know, at, something good happened out of something that was obviously a young mistake, kind of stupid things to say. We all say stupid stuff. Hell. We're probably going to be called on a lot of stuff we talk about on this show for years to come, but whatever. Uh, Very likely. Very likely. This very show. Certainly Greg. Oh, Greg is the worst offender. Man, no doubt about it. Uh, He he went on to say earlier, actually, in the interview, he says, I don't blame anyone. I feel and have felt bad for a while about some of the ways I spoke publicly, some of the jokes I made, some of the targets of my humor, just the unintentional consequences of not being more compassionate in what I'm putting out there. Um, so he's, you know, again, fully coming clean, and yeah. I love the guy for that. He since, of course, was hired to uh, 
Oh shoot! Which which DC movie did they hire him to write? Suicide Squad. Yeah, number, Academy number Award winning yeah. uh, series, Suicide Squad. Number two. Right, number two. Jesus God. And then they rehired him to uh, for Guardians Three. Yep. So good on them. Good on them. Good all around there. Yeah. Um, couple more stories here to wrap it up. Uh, Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's a new game that was uh, released. It's actually been out. Um, I meant to talk about this last week, and we got stuck on uh, Endgame. But I want to play a little bit of this trailer because it looks it looks pretty compelling visually. It looks amazing, uh, Clist. I'm going to put this up on the on the big screen here, so we can watch if you can zoom in there if possible. This is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order official reveal trailer from YouTube.com. Check this out. to survive. Don't stand out. Accept the past. Trust. No one. So just visually... These shots, I mean, it looks like a feature film. It does. It's so good. And, you know, here you see the uh, Imperial uh, droid in the background there. Early, An earlier shot, you had him breaking into the garage or whatever it was, sort of like a, uh, almost like a time capsule. And you've got this uh, clearly a Jedi starfighter here with a, an R2 unit. Um, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Nice. Lots of great imagery in this trailer. Highly recommend you go check it out. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order official reveal trailer from YouTube. And that is coming soon to a game con- console near you. Yeah, I'm, g- I'm going with console. You going to buy that one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure, why not? Why not? Yep. Be good to uh, get back into the gaming yeah. world. Uh, last story of the night, guys. There was going to be a full... Darth Vader head to toe costume from episode five Vader's glory. In my opinion, the empire strikes back and it was going to go up for auction. This is a reading now from the LA times, a rebellion twist what star happened? Wars, Darth Vader costume withdrawn from the auction. You know, I love these auctions. Well, yeah, I, love, yeah. I love covering them. one of these days. I'm going to bid on one. Maybe not the Darth Vader. 20,000. Well, 20? it is was, that... it was expected to fetch at least half a million. I, I probably can't. I, I'm putting kids through college now. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, afford my, that. My cap's at 20. So maybe if we get some paid subscribers to the wretched hive, maybe yeah. I could afford a full on. All two of them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very expensive uh, proposition to nice. subscribe to the show. Uh, Bonham's, Aimed to fetch at least five hundred thousand for the complete Darth Vader costume when it went on sale last on Tuesday, Bonham's uh, in an official statement said, together with Mister Kermit Eller and the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art. What? There's a guy named Kermit, <laughs> and he works at Lucasfilm. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying here. Agreed to withdraw from the auction the Darth Vader costume from The Empire Strikes Back. So huh. this caught my eye for two reasons. Of course, number one, dude's name is Kermit. Yes. 
Kermit the Frog here. Thank you for stealing my line. <laughs> and but and the museum of the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art. This is the first time I've seen it in like a regular story. Yeah. We all know this is being built very close to USC. Yeah. Construction has begun. I want to be a docent there in my spare time and walk <laughs> people around the museum. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool that, that the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art is weighing in on these things now. It's a, it's a real thing. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Here in Los Angeles. Have you been up there to see the construction? I have not. Have you? I've driven by a few times. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's right on my way to work. I should stop. I'll, next time I'm out, I'll stop yeah. and take some photos. We don't have a tweet of the week today, do we? No. Yeah. Doesn't it feel empty? There's like there's an extra silence here. It's like yeah, it's a little bit weird. Yeah, there's very little cruelty and anger. <laughs> Seems like a very positive, happy show tonight. Oh shit! I thought I was the one that brought all the anger. I feel <laughs> so much better right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, Greg. Greg Lent is the custodian of the hate pillow. <laughs> <laughs> the hate I can't pillow. wait. I can't wait till next show. Now. Oh man! All right. Well, if I can find the. Uh, if I can find the outro, here it is. Let's yeah. get out of here, my right. God. Well, this is one for the books, guys. This has been an interesting show. Yeah, it has. We've had technical difficulties. We did our first live stream. Yeah. We we live streamed half the audio. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll charge. That'll be part of the subscription. We'll charge you to hear the whole thing. Oh, I'm sure we'll get a lot of subscribers for that our, strategy. It's just a, our our audio stream does 0.5 past light speed. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Hang on, you get this for that. There you go. Well, if you've yeah, ever done uh, live stream, nobody knows why he did that. <laughs> if you've ever done 0.5 past light speed. Give us a call. Let us know how that went on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell hive. You're goddamn right. You can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net on Facebook, although apparently we now are recommending it, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Pod at Instagram, wretchedhive 77 or email the show to show at wretchedhive.net guys episode 87 is officially in the books final thoughts Mr. Ivansky 13 episodes to go yeah 13 to go until we hit the big what, are we gonna plan a party oh let's, yeah let's do this let's do should something. we do it live somewhere do it, we'll do it live we'll do it live <laughs> <laughs> um let's that yeah it. we're 13 13 episodes that's uh it's about 26 20, weeks. 26 weeks because math is hard. Six <laughs> months right before the Rise of Skywalker. Nice. Yeah, I think I mapped it out and we're very close. We should just line up the episodes to, to be the same week. That'd be crazy fun. That would be awesome. We're going to do episode 99, episode 99 and a half, episode 99 <laughs> and then episode 100. Guys, that wraps up this episode of the Wretched Eye Podcast. Check us out online. Go to our website, subscribe to the show, tell your friends about it. We really appreciate it. Leave a review, five stars, one star, any star. We don't care. We just want to hear from you, listeners of the Wretched Hive podcast. Thanks again for listening and for watching us tonight. Have a great couple of weeks and may the force be with us all.
always. Oh, no one can hear us anyway, Nico. What do we care? <laughs> they think it was technical yes. difficulties. <laughs> My plan worked perfectly. You, yeah. <laughs>